enjoying Disney Plus on the couch to munching popcorn in the theater, this is the Star Warriors podcast. Disney recently held their Investor Day 2020, and we're all still recovering from the epic slew of shows and other announcements that they laid upon us. Uh, so we got some pretty exciting stuff to talk about today. And to break it all down, I've brought back the galaxy's favorite scruffy-looking look- nerf herders. And so on the show today, we have uh, Rocco, Jake, Colin, and Casey. Hey, guys. Yo. Hey. hey. Hola. Yes, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we knew that going into this, that we're going to hear about 10, 10 shows, uh, a couple that we knew of. But uh, one we speculated a lot about, and the rest were just kind of out of left field. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about Ahsoka. Uh, we figured that an Ahsoka show was coming. Uh, her appearance, uh, Rosario, Rosario Dawson's appearance this this year in The Mandalorian, uh, basically said it all. And uh, what do you guys think about this uh, this upcoming show? Are you excited for it? Well, well I'll, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I'll hop in on the second attempt again to uh, mention uh, Thrawn. First of all, we know Thrawn's happening. I'm excited about that. And then, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get maybe a little bit of from the Ahsoka story, what she was doing with those force sensitive children that she was stowing away. And uh, I, I really want to get an end to Barris's story. And I feel like Ahsoka is the correct place to do that. I feel like I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I'm excitedly unexcited about uh, this this show. I'm unexcited because I knew it was coming, but I'm excited because it's Ahsoka, and I, I fucking love Ahsoka. And yes, I want to see a show about Ahsoka, obviously. So for me, like I said, like I said, like we we talked about before, it's just we knew this was coming. Rosario Dawson, you don't just bring in a heavy hitter for like one one episode. Uh, if anything, it was a test you know, to test the audience and it worked. She was very well received. Um, and I think that the show, you know, like we're saying is going to tie up some loose ends. Like, like Jake was saying with Thrawn for the four sensitive children, rebels. Um, I think we'll, we'll maybe, maybe we'll get an ending because rise of Skywalker taught us that Ahsoka died because it was one of her voices that spoke to Ray. So how did that happen? Where did we get, where did she go? How did, how does her story end? And I'm excited for that. What you say about the like? Let's talk a little bit about Rebels because it's exciting to think about getting a live action uh, resolve to all that. And do you think that is what we're going to get, hundred uh, percent? You know how Filoni was kind of teasing that what we saw at the end of Rebels with Ahsoka and Sabine going off into the sunset, whatever, looking for Ezra, could have been after the events of the Mandalorian. So, what do you think about all that stuff? Sabine, uh, Hera, Jason, Sandula. What do you think about that? I, I definitely think that the, that's where they're picking up off of. I mean, we, we get the mention of Thrawn right at the end of that episode. You know, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? But he's never been mentioned before. He's never been mentioned since in The Mandalorian. So why bring him up except for those who are Rebels fans and know the backstory, know that there was supposed to be a pickup where they left off. So I think this carries on with the search for Ezra, carries on for the the search for for Thrawn, and like Rocco says, tells us what happened from there. And Jake, I love your your tie-in for the four sensitive children, purely because it gives us an option to get Cal Kestis in live action, action because he knows about the four sensitive children, 
and maybe he's been helping to hide them this whole time as well. So we get a couple of Jedi coming together there, post uh, post war. Yeah, I, I think um, it would be great to see, not in a mean way, but like the end of Ahsoka. Like, let's wrap that up. You know what I mean? Like, she's had a a really good run, even if the show goes on for five seasons. It doesn't have to be anytime soon. Just that, let's get a real trajectory as to, I want to see where were you during all the Skywalker saga stuff, uh, the OT, and now where does that lead you with Ezra? Like, does Ezra take over somewhere? I don't know. Does Kale take over somewhere? Like, do you link up with Luke and go, hey, I brought a bunch of kids. Do you want to train them? Like, she has to know. I mean, of of the quote-unquote last Jedi, she has to know who that person is. <laughs> like, and since she already made mention, there's not that many of us left. You know, the assumption for us is of what we know, Luke, Cal, Ezra, and what did you say, Barris? maybe? Like, there's just, just not that many. I mean, we don't know what happened with Barris. We know she was in a Republic jail when Order 66 happened, so it's highly likely they just killed her. I thought she was going to be an Inquisitor, to be honest, but that didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Yet. I like I like that we we all bring up Cal Kestis, and I think that if it wasn't Cameron Monaghan who played him, maybe he wouldn't be in the conversation so much. You know, I mean, we're talking about a real accomplished actor that did the video game, and I'm sorry, but as I was playing the game, I was like, there is no way this is all he's doing. It cannot be that that they get Cameron Monaghan and he's just in the video game. And to see him brought in on one of these shows somehow, I think would be freaking awesome. You know, really to tie that video game canon, books, everything, just pull it all together. That's, I, I mean, isn't that what we all love about this universe? Seriously, you know? Bonus question. Who's the Jedi that's going to show up tomorrow on the Mando? Uh, Friday night. Tomorrow. It's not tomorrow Thursday. Night. You're Chris right. is night from me. the future. I, do I? Or is the past? I can <laughs> see the future. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, what? It, it's not. It's not going to be this, but did somebody say Starkiller? <laughs> I... I <laughs> comicbook.com <laughs> oh my god we got this what is it we got this covered or Watch, something yeah we got this cover those fucks <laughs> like she's breaking news pedro pascal is the mandalorian he just took his helmet off <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks guys. <laughs> wait, wait who's been the voice this whole time right like god they, they suck i'll throw this out i'm i'm not 100 percent sure where the ahsoka show takes place and where the last scene of Rebels fits in the timeline with Mando. I think it's possible that it was before um, Mando and she, Ahsoka found out Ezra and Thrawn were not still together wherever they got sent. And I still partially wonder if this was Ahsoka trying to use Grogu to lure Ezra out of hiding. And oh, if that means we get Ezra at the end of uh, Friday's episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with that purely because I was reading something um, 
I, I think it was tied we to uh, to Rangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you know? Fox News. My favorite. <laughs> got my subscription and everything. Subscribe to their Patreon. Uh, that the 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 new rain. I apologize. The name of the show has escaped me. The Rangers show that's coming Rangers out. Of the New Republic. Rangers of the New Republic. That they they had mentioned in this cover that it's supposed to tie in as part of a whole story universe that Disney Plus is doing, uh, similar to how they've got the DC universe on CW. So it would make perfect sense for them to be like, okay, well, we've got Grogu back, and we've also introduced Ezra so that we can continue on with the story of Ezra and Ahsoka and Thrawn and all of them. And now we can carry on with the story with the, the Rangers of the New Republic as well. You know, it kind of all ties together. And the Mandalorian was just that jumping off point. It was the arrow of the Disney plus Star Wars universe, you know? So it's like, it's like Iron Man. It's kicking off the whole shebang, if you will. Once which, again, John Favreau kicking things off. <laughs> I mean, he, the man... First of all, he was he was Eric the Clown in Seinfeld for all of our big Seinfeld fans. Um, but yeah, Favreau is he's a freaking genius and what he's been able to do with Star Wars. And I mean, Colin, that's such a great point. I didn't even think about that as the Mandalorian really being more of a setup, uh, a T, if you will, to all the rest of this. That's I hope I hope that's true. Backdoor pilots. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Backdoor. Well, well, as long as we're on that topic, let's talk about Rangers of the New Republic. I mean, does anybody want to say anything else about the Ahsoka show, or what do you think? We're good on that? <laughs> let's talk about this Rangers show. Um, so there's been a lot of speculation about uh, Gina getting her own show. Um, you know, there's some, some you know, social issues with that. We won't bring them up too much. But what I find interesting was I did read something about uh, the, the concept of what, who the Rangers are. And they're more like the the I, this is speculation, but they would be more like the X-wing pilots that we saw in Mandalorian, um, the ones that were handing out the badges. They're kind of on the outskirts, you know, kind of seeing what's happening with the New Republic and whatnot. So, do you see that more of a sh- as a show, maybe more of an anthology type thing? What do you think? So, I totally kind of think it'll be partial anthology, in that we may see the same ranger multiple times, but I don't know if we're going to follow the same ranger episode to episode. If it might like be a different ranger and then they might interact with other people, or maybe they'll all meet up with Zordon and gain their powers and become the rangers of the new Republic. (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe it'll, I don't know, like be like cops, but in star Wars, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Yeah, they've Tatooine Ranger, <laughs> right? And that's you know that kind of was the first thing in my head with Rangers of the New Republic was that old like parody that they did where it was stormtroopers, but it was cops, and I was just like, oh my god, that'd be you know that'd be wild. I was under the assumption it was it wasn't those two specifically because one of them is Dave Filoni, but. I thought it was just those guys, like those types of people who are going around and. Because the Outer Rim is still wild space. So I guess you get Rangers in the sense of Walker, Texas Ranger. You know what I mean? Like these peacekeepers who are trying to bring in these Outer Rim planets to go towards the New Republic and join their side so that the Empire doesn't have any 
hold still on these, especially since it's all in the same timeline, which is very interesting to me. Um, you know, at, at first it was kind of like, eh, do I really give a shit about that timeline? Like I already have a show in it. But if you're what Colin said and about branching off and, and making it like this big world, Ahsoka's during the same timeline too. Like that's a, something we haven't seen before. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I uh, And that was kind of my question when they jumped so far ahead with the sequels. Uh, we did get aftermath, uh, but we didn't we didn't get a whole lot during that time period like they originally did with the EU. That was like start at the end of Jedi and just build from there. We we saw this huge gap of time where we knew they would go back and play with that a little bit more. Um, but with the result of the you know how the fans felt, I guess mixed fan you know fixed, mixed feelings about the sequels and kind of wanting to get away from that. Um, I don't know. I think that the Mandalorian has really, as we kind of discussed, just put new fresh air into that and just gave it a chance that uh, the fans are accepting it. Um, they can really play with with that time period again. Yeah, and, I mean, if you think about the Mandalorian, just in the two seasons that they've had, the first season was establishing this. Uh, uh, forgive my lack of the reference name exactly, but uh, I think it's Kudo and Cub or something like that was the name of the Wolf and Cub. So you've got that relationship throughout season one, but season two has been just a boatload of references to old shows and the potential for new ones. So this this is like, okay, we did an awesome job with season one. Now we've got season two. Let's kind of dip our toes into some other waters here. Oh, this is going to go great. Oh, Cara Dune is obviously uh, not doing so hot and uh, outside of the actual show itself. Let's just put that aside. Oh, Ahsoka's great. Let's go with that. Um, but specific to the rangers of the uh new republic i like the idea of following guys like uh i think his name is paul sun hyung lee uh, forgive my pronunciation to the world out there but uh i want to see more of what those guys are doing to try to r r uh rope in the outer rim where that was so clearly forgotten during the old republic you know and that's where the the fall of it all came that's where the 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 Sith kind of like lurked for the longest time. So they want to wrangle that in. And I want to see what they try to do to do that, which ultimately is their downfall because they were spread so thin as it's been suggested. So that's, that's a cool concept of a show that lives in this Mandalorian verse, if you will. And to what I like about all of this and the Mandalorian and then going into Rangers of the New Republic and, and that time period is it's bringing a whole lot of new fans, a whole crop of new Star Wars fans that are genuinely excited about a bunch of new shows that they're going to, you know, have an understanding in. I mean, I have never been blown up so much by people that just n know me because of my association with Star Wars. Like people I talked to in high school, they're like, hey, you really like Star Wars, right? Yeah, why? Digging Mandalorian, man. Can I ask you a couple questions? Sure, because I'm vain and really love answering them so please <laughs> but you know just bringing though that new crop of fans and and see watching them build this world that new people can enjoy the way we have since we were kids exactly just play in that sandbox play with those action figures whether it's in your head or not whatever but uh a lot of a lot of good things coming from that from that time period any anything else you guys want to say about rangers of the new republic we're good so let's uh let's talk about the high republic because uh they're 
we knew that uh, High Republic was originally supposed to be out in August this year. It got pushed back because of COVID. Uh, the books and comics are on their way in January. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about how much more involved Disney was going to be with with this time period. Are they going to go all in as a like cross multimedia event, uh, kind of like the old Shadows the Empire did back in the day with video games and whatnot? But here we are after this announcement, looking at a, the Acolyte, uh, which is now rumored not rumored it's it's going to be set at the end of the High Republic period. Uh, which brings up some interesting questions uh, about how the Sith are involved in this whole thing, since it, it's it's starting off more of like this 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 great Jedi story, these stories of Jedi's we've never seen before doing things, and they're kind of like Rangers. Uh, not to you know reference the other show, but in a way, it's it's covering the same kind of thing, and they're going to face the Neil, and uh, it's exciting. Uh, so, how? How do you think this show is going to be handled? It is uh, by Leslie Headland, uh, so that was the one that is going to be very martial arts and action oriented. So, uh, what do you? How do you see this show working? This is my most anticipated new show, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. I I thought that the timing was a typo, but then I saw like the official official thing. So, the High Republic. What we're going to be seeing in January is three hundred years. This is 200 years. So apparently the Sith are doing quite a lot of shit in that century, which is a long time. Of course, they could. But like that, that's going to be really interesting now reading these books, knowing everything that these people are doing is probably leading to this accolade showing up. (laughs) And they're probably going to be making a lot of mistakes. Um you know, it's also female lit, led as well, female creator. Um, it's just, it has so much potential. I guess in my mind, I immediately think Asajj Ventress, the show. And maybe it starts off as somebody who was in the High Republic and got trained and had a falling from grace. And that sort of thing makes me feel like super excited that they were once a Jedi and then they turned to the Sith. I, I want to see that. Not in a stupid Anakin way I'm sorry you know what I mean like not in the two second change until you watch the Clone Wars but like I don't know or somebody who's just pure evil and they're like the Emperor and it's Darth Plagueis oh my god all right I'm done all right um I'm I'm gonna agree with Casey this is actually my most anticipated show and part of that is because I feel like we haven't got enough about the Sith um first of all being the time frame this falls in um we could see potentially dark plagueis in it um also i'm really hoping that in the high republic from that darth plagueis book we get that force nexus that weakened the jedi's connection with the force and i think that plays directly in to a line from episode one also i don't think this is going to be a sith proper i don't think this is going to be one of the rule of two sith this is going to be an acolyte of the Sith, um, a follower of their order. And I'm sorry, where did that huge following come from in episode nine? There was obviously a cult that's been around for a very long time and is kind of starting to get established in lore in the EU. And I think this will really set that into place. I, 
I, I Jake, I was going to say the same thing in terms of, yeah, that, that group of people that Palpatine had at the end of rise, like that, that you don't get them in a day. That doesn't, that's not, you know, you don't collect that. They said that they're the most wealthiest people in the galaxy, right? That helped them get all of these funds to be able to do all those star destroyers, all each having a Death Star cannon on them at the end. This is years, hundreds of years of occult cultivating. And I'm looking at the Acolyte because it says it's supposed to be a thriller, if I'm correct, too. Yes. Um, I'm yeah. looking at this as like this is someone that has connections to the Jedi that at night does a super secret hand password and goes behind a door to like this cult, this like crazy dark red lightsabered cult that they, you know, that they're part of that no one knows about. And, you know, and they go about their, their Jedi day. And at night they're going to this crazy Sith sex club. You know, I'm just saying that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing in terms of it's all in the background. No one has any idea. The Sith are back and it's just this weird cult. And, and then we build the rise of Skywalker. So yeah, Jake, I mean, took the words right out of my mouth. This, just because I'm playing Assassin's Creed, it sounds a little bit similar to to the last two games where you you got those leaders and you got all yep. the all their acolytes, and it's just that that really reminds me. And that that's really cool too. If they could just really delve into something we've never seen, and and just read, you know, reading the reactions from the people who've read the book now, and just them saying these are things that we've never seen Jedi do before, and it's great. So. That alone is is really good because I feel like, yeah, we've out, we've played out what we know of Jedi, you know, in the last 40 years, uh, 42 years, whatever, 43 years now. But there's there's always room to change things up. And I think even with the sequel trilogies, um, you know, giving showing new force powers and what people can do, I think it's kind of really exciting at the same time uh, just just to see a new aspect of it. Yeah, my, my only concern with this, because I'm always the negative Nancy of the group, I, I'm just very concerned that they're right out the gun before the High Republic is even established as a timeline and a lore that people have either ha loved, hated, or even you know gotten an opinion on. We're already told that we're seeing what's happening towards the end. So it's it's like, okay, well, we've got the prequel to the prequels or the prequel within the prequels that were before the prequels and it's kind of like okay well we're we purposely went out of our way as creators to take a timeline that's so far in the future that it's like okay we have a sandbox of massive area to play but over here at this side of the of the sandbox we're going to restrict it and we're going to say that this is going to happen inside of this sandbox. So the other two thirds of the sandbox will be restricted in what they can do within it. That's my only thought of it is because what if the acolyte doesn't go so well that, you know, that is now lore. But the books, the comics, you know, everything that comes from the early part of the High Republic that they're establishing goes really well. People love it and it starts to go in a certain way. And then you're like, well. Now I'm, I'm I'm stopped there. I've got a ceiling that I can only go to because the lore tells me I have to. That's my only fear with jumping out the gate and saying, here we are somewhere in the future of this prequel area that's going to restrict where our storytelling is going to go here. I feel like because they had that group, the writer's group, and I'm sure they really constructed something really cohesive. 
I'm not like, I know you're, I know you're playing devil's advocate more or less with it. And I, what I kind of am thinking though, is that with the ability to, um, to do this and to kind of go in and cross between comics and books and TV shows, and hopefully a movie is something that they've never done. And what really kind of frustrated me at the beginning of the whole Disney tenure, when you're introducing things in the comics, but then you're not playing them out in the movies. So, um, for me, I think that taking a chance with this and doing it the full gambit is like, is really exciting. And I think that if they, the story group holds true, then, um, it, it could be really, really epic. All right. So as I was saying before I froze, uh, we're not with this going to be working against some super hard event like order 66, anything that's going to happen will be minor in the greater galaxy, but might be huge for the Sith. So it's not going to be this hard stop like order 66 was. And the Jedi can move forward from whatever happens in the acolyte. I think that's a good point, especially since I don't, think they say sith anyways right they say they don't right so we lots of room to work with there um anybody else have anything else to say about the uh the acolyte before we talk about the next show good all right so let's talk about lando uh this was kind of a surprise honestly for me uh so it looks like it's an event series very similar to what obi-wan is going to be uh not as not a full season uh probably not more than one season you know one more more than one season unless it's pretty popular but i guess the question here is it wasn't really announced which lando it's going to be uh so what do you what do you guys think we are we going to see a donald glover lando or do you think maybe they would go post uh rise of skywalker with him and his his daughter you know that they they did say in canon that's true i guess but uh what do you what do you guys think which land are we getting i think well what really got me was this announcement right and then i'm i'm i watch star wars every day while i'm working it's on in the background and um i hear when uh donald glover kicks his feet up in the falcon and goes the calrissian chronicles you know, the Calrissian Chronicles number, you know, whatever. And I was like, boom, Lando show. Like, I just, that's what I thought of right there. Um, you know, especially since that was right after the announcement. And in terms of which Lando are we going to get, I think it would be great if we got both. If this is going to be a one-season anthology kind of thing, just, like, give me both of them. Give me Billy D and give me Childish Gambino, because I want to see them both. Can I interject real quick? Do it. What if... Like, I always thought about, like, having it be, like, Young Avengers of Indiana Jones. Yeah, you have Donald Glover playing. But then have Billy D do, like, a voiceover at the beginning Ooh, or something like that. You know? Narration. Yeah, something along those lines. And then you could have him, like, at the end of the episode playing Sabak with somebody or, you know, in the future as old Lando again. You know, you could do a little bit of both. What if what if they did both? And he saw stories. <laughs> but we're talking about an event series, so it's going to be probably one or the other. I'm excited for this one, but the one thing I got to say is I kind of hope it's the one show that at the end of it, we question how much of it was true because it is Lando telling stories. So we're getting Lando's version of events, but then we have to go, wait, was that just him embellishing it all? Uh, yeah. I was thinking, um, 
I don't know if you guys read Last Shot, which was that Han and Lando book. It's actually really well done, and it is him and Han telling a story about the past that caught up to them. So they screwed over this guy. He came back to get them. And as soon as you said that, you know, with old Lando, young Lando, I think that would be the way to do it is, you know, he's just telling the stories to whoever, you know what I mean? Maybe a girl, (laughs) like whatever. Oh, I remember that time I did this thing, honey. And I think that would be so dope. And every episode is just an adventure. It doesn't have to necessarily tie into canon, you know, mm-hmm. like it just is a fun little like um, what was it? Charles Soule did his first comic series with Lando and it's great. And he messes with the emperor and all this stuff. And it was really cool, um, but it didn't affect anything. It was just a cool set of stories. So I think that's the way to do it. And um, that would make it way more fun. But there's no way that they both can be back, especially Donald Glover. Come on. I'm only accepting the show if Lobot's on it as well. <laughs> I <laughs> I just I want to see a shot of Lando like getting like sitting up out of bed and you can only see him in the shot and then like a female naked Twi'lek but under the sheet she gets up and then like another alien gets up and then a droid gets up like he just had sex with all of them. Just because I feel like that's such a Lando like character. I, I, I ever since L three in the solo movie, like it works. <laughs> like that one coming line. soon to Hulu. Like he says hi to all of them and then the robot pops yeah. up. He's like, Oh honey, you're it, still here too. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like I just I want I wanna see that with the adventure. Almost like a James Bond but funnier. Like and, and more more fun. You know, Lando to me is he's fun. Yeah. And I want to see that captured. Yeah. We're getting a lot of like very serious kind of stories that are coming out of, you know, Disney Plus right now when it comes to Star Wars, you know, to to Casey's point just and yours. Just make it fun. Have it be something that is completely inconsequential. Make it just I want to sit down. I want to watch Lando Calrissian just completely shit across the galaxy right now. I want him just be an absolute jackass to everybody. I want to see reasons why people hate him. I want to see reasons why people love him. I want to see a blue Twi'lek who loved him and then 30 years later wants to kill him. You know, that's that's the kind of fun. And have it mean nothing to the lore. Have it just not mean, no nods, nothing. All original stories. That's just to the point of, hey, Lando was a dick to some people, but he was the best human being in the galaxy to others. Well said. Well yeah. said. Uh, so let's let's talk about the two animated projects that were announced: uh, a Droid Story and Visions. Uh, two very different projects. So, a Droid Story is going to be an animated series. Uh, it's going to be starring C three PO, R two D two, and a new hero. Uh, so, unknown time period, unknown hero. This is another one where it just kind of reminds me of the old droids cartoon from uh, back in the day. And just like kind of uh, how we were just talking about how it doesn't have to really affect canon as much. It can be fun and whimsical. So um, I really this is what that reminded me of was, was the old droids cartoon. I feel like this is the Nick Jr. version of disney plus star wars that they're trying to get out at least that's what i feel that a droid story could be that it's just you know like you said it's fun it's 
inconsequential to what's going to happen, but it gives the younger kids something fun to enjoy because for some reason that the, the droids are entertaining to them. For me, that's the biggest pain in my butt is the droids. I don't know why, but they just are. But to see kids being able to sit down with their parents and just watch something that's goofy and hilarious as C-3PO and R2-D2 are taking a droid across the galaxy, I think that that's an awesome idea. It's a nice little uh, gateway drug for the young kids. Um, I, Colin, I, com- I completely agree. My fear is what, what type of kids cartoon is it going to be? And the reason I say that is, and it escapes me right now. What's that show? It's like really revolves around the female characters. It's not galaxy of Forces heroes of destiny. Forces of destiny. Yeah. Yes. So my daughter loves that. She adores it. And I sat down and watched a couple and I was like, all right, let me, let me just give this a gander. I mean, it's star Wars. Right. And I actually ended up really enjoying it with her. I, I liked it. I could not wrap my head around resistance, star Wars resistance. I, I so like, if we're going to get droids, I'm really hoping it's more in the vein of a kid's show like like that one rather than Resistance, where it's just like, I don't I don't understand why this is even necessary. And I love Star Wars. I'm afraid about um, us getting introduced to a new hero that's being guided by R2 and C-3PO just because <laughs> they seem so pivotal to every Star Wars movie that. I feel like timeline does affect this. Like, is this new hero just a member of the resistance that they're around during one of the active events? Is this going to take place? Maybe be one of the first things post, uh, episode nine. Um, but to Rocco's point, uh, forces of destiny with Maz's days of our life introduction is actually really good. And I tried to watch resistance as well. And I, I don't get it. It's, not good so this is the one i'm most hesitant about and just kind of like eh let's see what it is i definitely don't give a shit about this show (laughs) awesome (laughs) any anybody else (laughs) all i'm going to say about the canon thing is that um i don't think the original droids cartoon affected too many things so i won't i wouldn't worry too much about it i'm sure they're i'm sure they're they're gonna write this off way in the future where we can't touch anything for the next 10 years that's it so what about visions guys who's an anime fan all right me too um you know i i you know like there's that uh space battle anime that somebody had made and that always made me really excited to see more uh more star wars in that style so we're getting visions uh animated short films by the world's best japanese anime creators so that's going to be coming soon so uh 10 episode series just i guess an anthology uh what do you guys what do you guys think we're going to see here i just to quote someone uh i don't give a shit about this show (laughs) (laughs) when i heard about it it made me think of that uh i don't remember the name of the series but there is another kids based Star Wars series where they reanimated in like an anime style um, scenes from the movies and they're like Gal- three minute clips. Galaxy um, of Galaxies of Adventure or something? Galaxy, I think it was that. And I really loved that. So I'm interested to see what they do with Visions. Um, 
especially since they're calling them animated short films. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess they're like maybe 15 minutes long and a self-contained story. Um, I'm interested to see what it is, especially in the animation style. Yeah, honestly, I, it's it's interesting because I'm sorry, just real quick, because we've gotten so much different anime over the years as well outside of Japan, like the Castlevania series, uh, that powerhouse creative. Um, so I just feel like this is this is well timed as well. Uh, not not that anime hasn't been popular forever, but I I think that other other things like Batman and um, the Matrix have all done their kind of anime thing, and but we've never seen it from Star Wars, and I feel like some of the Star Wars universe would really fit well into that kind of uh, that kind of look. Yeah, and to that point where you talk about the Matrix and anime, I mean the Animatrix was exactly what this sounds like. And I, I just kind of think of it as it's Fantasia for Star Wars, you know, but instead of getting classical music that you're you're creating art for, you're just doing exactly that. You're you're creating small little snippet stories that, you know, tell nice little bits and pieces of things. It's like uh, what's what's the what's the book that just came out that um, tells all these from backstories? Certain, yeah, from a certain point of view, except done you know through the art that's what it is you know it's a nice palette cleanser between actual lore that people are going to want while that's being produced honestly i i don't think anyone can not like this like i i understand where you're coming from where you kind of hate anime you know um just for the look of it but when you when you watch those kind of like the Animatrix or um, the newest thing, Love, Sex, and Robots. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you see that kind of shit, man, like anime animation is so varied. It's like we can see a Studio Ghibli thing. We can see a Castlevania thing. We can see, um, geez, man, Batman Gotham did some pretty cool stuff. And, of course, there was, what is that Batman one? The Ninja. Actual- Batman Ninja, yeah. So it's just like anime is so all over the place, as in, you know, Western animation is too, that I think like as long as these stories are just really just singular stories that don't affect canon, again, just something in the galaxy, something happening. um, Yeah, I do. I want to see some cool Luke story, like where he's like destroying a Star Destroyer. Fuck yeah, I want to see that, of course. But I'd be happy if it's just little stories that don't necessarily have to tie into anything big. I will mention a, uh, it was kind of a, let's see, what, what would they call it? Um, like a collect uh, anthology story by uh, dark horse comics. It was towards the end of their tenure. It was called visions or visionaries. And that's what it was. It was just these really visionaries. Yeah. Visionaries. Yep. And it was just, I could see it being just like that. Um, where it did kind of play into things we speculated on in some sorts, but then it never came to fruition. So I, this whole like sticking to Canon without maybe sometimes having it be more of a dream, you know, or just an idea of what could happen. I, I just, I don't want to always be like, yeah, it has to be in Canon for it to make sense in the story. But if it's just going to be something kind of Epic um, and they're like, this is a legend or, or a myth, then I would buy into that kind of stuff too. So, 
Well, I mean, I, everyone here knows my stance on anime, and obviously I was being silly at the beginning there of this segment. Um, it's Star Wars, so yeah, I'm going to freaking put it on and give it a try. I'm not going to just be like, well, no, because it looks like anime, I'm just going to say no. I mean, I'm going to watch it, and if it sucks, I'm going to tell you that. But I'm going to watch it first, and if it doesn't suck, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it because it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. So that's I mean, all I'm we not- ask. That's I'm all not we the ask biggest, uh, you know, anime fan either. It's, you know, but to your point, exactly. It's Star Wars. But my, I, I'm learning that my niece is obsessed with anime. You know, anything that's shown in Jump and that style of stuff. So I figure we can get this as a nice gateway to getting into Star Wars for her. If this, you know, lives up to the hype that I hope it does. So I'm seeing this as a beautiful thing where I get more Star Wars and I get to connect more with my niece. So there you go. That's it. Uh, So let's let's uh, let's jump to commercial and then we'll be right back with more Star Wars. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an Internet location near you, we're don't forget a towel dot com. Your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. What you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard goddamn work making something this pretty look like a geek. So I must be doing it for a reason. It's you. It's always been you. And it's worth fighting. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Join me. Gutsy Media Podcast. Because movies are our life. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com. The only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. All right, we're back from those commercials, and we're talking about uh, the announcements from this year's Disney Investor Day. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the shows we knew about um and then we'll talk about the two movies that were that were going to be one we kind of came way out of left field and uh one we're going to speculate a little bit on but let's talk a little bit about hating christensen returning to the star wars universe uh as darth vader on the obi-wan show uh so how do we there's a lot of there's a lot of positives and negatives out there about this uh, how it fits into canon and whatnot. So let's just let's just talk about that a little bit uh, to begin with. Uh, level of excitement and how you think this is going to fit into the overall story. Um, this is the show I am waiting for. And the thing I love is when Hayden was announced, the amount of love that came out. There was a whole lot of love. And I thought that that was so fantastic because honestly, I liked Hayden Christensen. I liked his performance and he did what he could with awful dialogue. I mean, like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, is, is anyone else getting what that, what I'm getting right now? 
a bot just joined a bot a bot just joined it said an an unknown bot has just joined your chat this is really freaking out (laughs) no i'm not being funny this is really weird where's the um where's the chat what minute are we at? Fifty-three fifty. So I'm sorry. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's what cool, this man. Is. At least it's not like at least it's not zooming. It's like naked right. people. I just kicked. It's, it gave me the ability to kick it out. I kicked it out. Anyway, I'm <laughs> really. I'm really back. Got to clap first. Yeah, hold yep, on. Sorry. Go ahead. Hold on one second. Let me. Uh, let me make sure. Did my screen go crappy? All right, ready. So I'm just. The amount of love that came out for Hayden Christensen and his return after obviously everybody hated on him for shitty dialogue that he had to read and had to do something with. And I think he did his the best he could with with that. If anything, I think this is going to be a redeemer, a true redeemer to have a, an actual, you know, so maybe some good dialogue for him to read. And the fact that, you know, we're going to they hurt. What did they say? They're going to get another whack at each other. I'm curious to know how that's going to come out. Um, But anything more Vader on the screen? Give me more Vader on the screen. I want to see it. So uh, I personally think they've said that he's coming back as Vader. Uh, So I had heard some people say, oh, it's going to be flashbacks. It's going to be Obi-Wan remembering the Clone Wars. I think maybe Obi-Wan has his own dark side tree or something that he um, explores his fears with. And that's really the dark side tree is really expanded upon in the uh, certain point of view that just came out. I think what we're going to get is Obi-Wan exploring his fears and how he failed Anakin. And since Obi-Wan didn't see vader in the vader suit we never see that and we don't know if obi-wan actually sees vader in the vader suit until episode four that he's going to be exploring his fears and fighting a burned dark side anakin in a dream sequence or something like that yeah i mean that that's an that's an awesome way to to view it because i i i'm very concerned about the lore and that's something that's been brought up by a lot. I mean, I know our conversations have, and a lot of websites have. It's the quote: "Last time we met, you know, uh, I was but a learner, but now I am the master." And it's, and you know, the way that Revenge of the Sith ended that seemed pretty much the cement statement on right. what that meant. But you know, now we have this series for Obi-Wan and I personally want to see Obi-Wan have doubts about his mission to look after Luke and get off planet. Want him off Tatooine because that's the only way that we could, if there's a possibility of having Anakin slash Vader in this in real time and not just as a, a dark side vision or some sort of bizarre flashback is, you know, and Obi-Wan is off planet and Vader knows that he didn't kill Obi-Wan. And he's like, if I didn't kill him, no one has. So he's probably still out there looking for him and they find each other and fight. Vader still loses. And that gives us the next, what, six, let's just say 16 years before they fight again on the Death Star. Yeah, I think, um, Going off of that, well, 
two things. One, why is he called old Ben Kenobi? And then why does Leia and Han name their son Ben? It's very stupid. Um, but the other thing, <laughs> going off of what Colin said, is uh, I... So Obi-Wan presumably knows that Anakin turned into Vader. Presumably. I guess he feels it, right? Um, and we've seen in the in the Vader comics, he loses his body parts left and right again and again. So I I want to see like Obi-Wan destroy him again. <laughs> like rip his rip his arms off and just be like, dude. Stay down. You know what I mean? Like, and I've and I've learned to do this again. Um, but uh I he has to get off planet because what a boring ass job that is to watch this kid and just like ugh and not have sex. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I too, you know, going along with the body parts, the missing body parts, you know, I wanna see a lot of the rogue one vader in his castle hanging oh yeah by those belts you know in, in the back to tank i want to see that freaking darkness i want i would love to see a day-to-day dichotomy of like obi-wan's day in seclusion and vader's day like a like a typical day like you see obi-wan trying to get some food rustled up you know, talking to some Jawas to get some water and whatever the hell it is. And then, you know, Vader's got the Monday morning meeting on the, you know, on the Star Destroyer. And, but in all seriousness, like, I think that that would be cool to see a true day to day for both of these characters and show they were brothers. They were together every day. And now where they're at, like, where are they now? You know, kind of, kind of thing. I would love to see even just an episode of that. If that makes any sense. Lifestyles of the Fallen Jedi. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Casey, to your um, Ben being a stupid thing, it is a stupid thing, especially in EU, and that was Luke's son's name, which made total sense. Um, I really had to bring that up. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, Thank I, you. I, I really think that, I, you know, the, the dark side tree thing, I, I didn't even think about. And I, I really... Th- as much as Star Wars fans speculate and get excited about things, I can really see it turning out to be more of that, especially since Obi-Wan is an event series. But if he is leading, if he's going off planet, um, was that, was that confirmed? I thought I had read something. Um, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I maybe, maybe Ewan said it. Cause Ewan came out with some comments and like, and they showed that footage. That's right. Yes. Because they showed that footage that none of us got to see, but the investors got to see of him going off planet. Are we? Are we not the investors? No, no, we're not the investors. (laughs) It doesn't matter how much money I put in my stash account towards Disney; it's only pennies on the (laughs) dollar. They don't. They don't call me for these things. I'm sorry. Can I? You guys are inspiring a thought in me. Like originally, I was like the whole dark side tree, but now I kind of want them to face off. And I want, um, I want Obi Wan to barely win, to the point that he knows that what he just did put Luke in danger, and that's why he goes back to Tatooine and becomes a hermit because he knows he has to cut himself off from the Force so that Vader can't find him and Vader can't find Luke. And on top of that, 
I think it would be interesting for Vader to straight out say to Obi-Wan, I killed Anakin Skywalker to add to that line. My former apprentice, or, you know, that Vader killed Anakin, like, because Vader believes that he says it in the Thrawn books. Like it's a thought pattern for Vader. Um, I just wanted to say, so in, in this, they talk about it in the footage. We start on Tatooine. We go on a rollicking adventure. They tease a watery planet where armed soldiers fire upon a many armed sea creature. And, um, Jebra Chow says how, uh, it's a dark time that we're coming into with him just being a Jedi. It's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. So probably some ties to, um, to kids, you know, or finding other force sensitives or something like that. Let me ask you guys. Sorry, Chris. I know you would normally ask this question, but because it's limited and because it is the Obi-Wan series, especially if he's fighting, uh, you know, other Jedi hunters or whatever, is this a backdoor Darth Vader show limited series? I hope not. I, and Honestly, like I'm I'm sorry, we got a Darth Vader movie. We got Darth Vader movies. There were a lot of them, and I loved every single one. I just don't think we need more of that. I think him as part of other projects like Obi-Wan will I mean you, you can't have an Obi-Wan and not have Darth Vader as part of it. And that to me that's fantastic. That's that's great. What's your favorite but... comic book right now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 that's different, you know. That's different, man. You don't want to. <laughs> I thought those were storyboards. Yeah. storyboards. I mean, <sighs> I, okay. I mean, I guess if they were going to make all these freaking movies. We saw Anakin for a very long time. We saw Darth Vader go, no. <laughs> and then the next time we saw him on screen was being a fucking badass in well, Rogue that's true. One. Right. So we and, saw and I'd like to see more gray of, of Anakin Skywalker. So Listen, would I watch it? Shades. But would I watch it? Yes, I would watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't isn't there a meme out there that that shows where it's the scene from Revenge of the Sith where Anakin's back is turned to Obi-Wan he's like I didn't get it. I didn't get my <laughs> own series and Obi-Wan's like your own series, the entire the entire anthology is all about you. <laughs> it's like it's, it's it's exactly that. We I mean you're as right. much as it might be cool to have it, it's not necessary. And I think that that the folks at Disney probably are like, you know, yeah, we could make money putting that out there, but I think they want to make their own original stories first. That was their whole crux of it, and with Kathleen Kennedy still, you know. At the stick, she's going to drive this to, you know, new territory in a galaxy far, far away. Not, you know, ground we've already tread. I I just thought, Casey, too, something you just said, and I believe you were reading uh, what they said about the Obi-Wan show, um, Jedi Hunters. I mean, seeing the Inquisitorious, I'd like to see. I, that's something I'm more interested in definitely seeing in live action is the Inquisitorious and Obi-Wan fucking a couple of them up. You know, like... We will see that for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I was, you know, the name... The, actually, bringing up the Inquisitors and the Acolyte and all this stuff got me really thinking about, like, how there's a female Acolyte at the end of High Republic. And then just started thinking about Mara Jade again. So... 
Um, I'm going to move on before we get too deep into that. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about first looks. Um, the Bad Batch and Andor. Uh, we're pretty excited for the Bad Batch now. That animation looks even better than uh, the Clone Wars final Hell season yeah. there. Uh, and it happening during the Civil War and then being part of the Imperials. Uh, I think that show is going to be a good, good time. You mean the Call of Duty guys? I'm not excited for the Bad Batch. <laughs> I thought they were the weakest thing of the last season. The weakest? Though I will give you what would excite me about them is if they all had defective chips when Order 66 got called. And they're the only clones left that are still loyal to the Jedi. That would excite me. There's a shot in the trailer where there's, at least based on the the way that it was cut together, it seems like they're there when the Emperor says the, you know, the Republic will be reorganized into the Galactic Empire. That's after he executes Order 66. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it shows them standing there amongst the other troopers. But my suspicion is they're just playing the part. Because then there's other cuts where they're throwing what looks like while they're in the mess hall, they're throwing trays at their brothers and things like that, you know, you know, fighting them off and as a group. And I'm just sitting here like this is this is 100 percent that it's them not with the chips. They're on their own and it's them trying to survive as just a squad. Call of Duty be damned. It's interesting, too, because in the Ahsoka book, they talk about that transfer of. I think it was Ahsoka, but when the when the stormtroopers started to become humans, uh, the big the big tra- um, transition, and it would be interesting to see that kind of play into the to the show as well. Yeah, that's uh, I was literally going to say the exact same thing. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see that that transition. I think I think that'd be very interesting to see. I guess is you know the animation looks amazing. It does look like a fun show. I think the excitement level gets a little bit more elevated knowing that Dave Filoni created them, you know, so maybe we'll get some things that we're not expecting uh, out of the show and that it gives me a little bit more faith in what's going to happen. I also don't think it's going to go on forever. To me, it seems like a two, three season max sort of situation. Like filler right now for Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, Quick question. I mean, we're going to talk about Andor in a second, but how likely are we to see Andor on this show, on Bad Batch? Um, um, he'd be really young, wouldn't he? Be yeah, really young? Yeah. He'd be a kid. You think? Yeah. It's gonna. Yeah, you're right. So how old is he? Yeah, too young. Yeah, he said it was real young. for him since he was six. Right? It's real for me since I was a six years old. You know, was that what he said? So, I mean, if you do the math. Maybe? That's it. He's he's in the show at six, and it's gonna be real for him. <laughs> and or confirmed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's um. Let's. I'm. Mean, you guys want to talk about Andor a little bit? I mean, we're seeing. I was really impressed by that sizzle reel, actually, uh, because of the involvement, the number of sets, and the characters, and as usual. All that practical effects that they're coming up with for this show. So, regardless of how we feel about telling more stories in that time period, I'm always excited to see what these designers are doing with the sets and and new creatures and aliens the like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Diego Luna is one of the actual producers of this show. He was, yeah. 
And I think that that's great because I know from past interviews and reading about him, he is a fan. He's a he's a Star Wars fan as well. So he's the main character. He's producing it. He's a Star Wars fan. I I love when things like that happen. I mean, look at Filoni and Favreau. They're fans. These people that are fans that have talent are really bringing it to these shows, these productions. I mean, you had what J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. I mean, sure, they were fans, whatever. They didn't take any. Ri- well, Ryan Johnson took risks, but J.J. didn't take any risks at all. You've got these new people in the game. They're real Star Wars fans, and they're they're really taking these good risks that are awesome. And I'm looking for that in Andor as well. I'm looking for that buildup. Rogue One, we knew what was going to happen at the end of that movie. We knew, obviously. But what is what's it going to take to get us to that point? That's that's what I'm excited about. For me, I don't. I'm not really excited for the road to Rogue One. I think I'm more excited to see this aspect of secret agents in the Star Wars universe. That level. Uh, going against like the the imperial what it was is isp or isb or whatever it is uh, isb yeah ISB. so there's a lot of cool things from the beginning of the marvel not a lot but from the beginning of the marvel comic run there was like this the annual was about this secret the secret agent imperial which i thought was an amazing story because it was just removed from what like the normal story they're telling for luke and leia and han and all that but it took a step back and was like let's explore this other character and i felt really kind of just this is a new aspect i want to see it because it reminds me of what they tried to do with kyle katarn back in the day um and just kind of filling in that in that void for me because i love that story of this the special ops guy um and i think that andor could address a lot of that plus give us a whole different perspective on the war Mm -hmm. chris i was going to bring up that exact annual and the assassination plot against Pelp because that was such a good story. Um, What I'm really excited about with Andor is also getting to see more of the resistance because we know that they're a thing, but throughout the movies, outside of Han, Leia, and Luke, they're not really established other than some minor character things. We don't know everything else that's been going on to prop up this resistance. And like, even recently, I've seen a lot about the the scene that was cut from Revenge of the Sith, where it was establishing the resistance, and I want to see more about them. I'm okay with this show, to be honest with you. I just like I get it. If it if it is a real spy show and there's a lot of intrigue and assassinations and thriller, then yes, I'm I'm all in. Right now, I'm not that excited because, like, I I know where Obi-Wan is going, obviously. This show is even under a smaller uh, microscope for me. I can't remember when this takes place before Rogue One, like, a couple years, I think. So, it's like, I know you're going to die real soon, dude. Like, okay, you're going to meet K2SO. Cool. Could this have just been a comic? Like, that's... That's kind of my thought is like if this came out like right after Rogue One, I think I would have been way more excited at this point when you have me looking towards Mando and the High Republic and everything else. Andor is so off my radar when it comes to other things. I just I haven't really thought too highly about it at all. 
Yeah, it's like B tier fan service at yeah. you know at best. I mean, for me personally, Rogue One was set up as a movie that was hey everyone dies so we're not going to give you too much time to really care about these characters in the long run of star wars um even Jin Erso, you know so now we're gonna try to make a whole show based on one of the characters that helped the main character along um okay cool hey you know again no argument with more star wars yeah. and more lore building but if it's going to center around a character that I personally would was less than involved in because he was very antagonistic throughout that movie to the person we're supposed to care about, it doesn't bode well for my interest as him as the protagonist of his own series personally, but that's just my take. Maybe we're not supposed to like him. Maybe, maybe, and maybe we'll learn not that, not to say that you're wrong, but you're right. He was quite antagonistic to our female protagonist in Jin or so, like you said, but maybe we learn more why he's so antagonistic, why he's such a dick. Maybe, yeah. maybe the show will give us that and maybe we didn't need it and maybe it could have just been a comic, but yeah, I mean, it's more Star Wars. No, We've I'm all got to watch it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually happy because your your opinion of the show is in, has gotten better, Casey. So at least you're more in than last time we talked about it. <laughs> um, uh, I for me, I loved the character of Cassian. Um, he was the highlight. Him and um, uh, I'm, tr- I'm losing at Alan Tudyk's yeah. robot name K2SO. But um, I I for one, I think they introduced him as that that really dark character at the beginning because it's like he just kills that guy in the street. And that's like, hey, we're going there with this, this guy. So, yeah, that was that felt very off to me in the movie. But I, for me, I love Rogue One. I it's it has crept up to the top of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, as of every time I watch it, and I, I just, I just, am, I'm excited. But I think yeah. it also would have worked well prior to Rogue One, maybe. But we don't live in that world, unfortunately. Um, so guys, uh, let's let's talk about. The movies, uh, Disney has put a hiatus kind of on making movies. Uh, and so we got a full announcement for something we didn't know was happening. And that's Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. Uh, so it's been a relatively untouched topic, uh, something that was covered in depth uh, in the EU with books and, and games and all that stuff. So, A, where does this take place, do you think? And uh, how excited are you? For this to be the next Star Wars movie, I I, I just got to say, Jake, earlier you were talking about hard events, and uh, when I saw that uh, you know Patty Jenkins was coming on screen, she was gonna co-write and direct. I had a hard event myself, um, so <laughs> just to see her at the helm well of done. a Star Wars <laughs> story on Rogue Squadron about fighter pilots. One of my favorite things growing up, the whole reason why I love Star Wars was fighter pilots. And before my eyesight went to crap, I wanted to be a fighter pilot because of the X-Wings and the A-Wings. So to see her involved with her directing style, her personal investment with it, with how her father was a fighter pilot and that it's going to be Rogue Squadron itself, I'm just... I'm chomping at the bit. I don't care where it takes place, when it takes place, who's in it and whatnot. I just, just give me all of it. Give me every ounce of that movie right now. 
I, dude, when when I heard about this, I felt the same same way, and that the, her her emotional tie in I think is going to make this movie great. But I I just need to know when is this occurring? What point? It hasn't been confirmed as far as I know as to where at, at what point because. As far as I remember, Luke Skywalker founded Rogue Squadron, and we saw, I mean, obviously we know we saw them in the Battle of Endor. That's when we saw Rogue Squadron for the first time on screen. Um, you know, is it going to tie to that? Is it going to tie to Rogue One? They named themselves after that fateful mission. You know, like, where is she going to take it? What time period it's going to be? I don't know, but I fucking tell me. I want to know. Real quick before Jake, before you speak, I just want to ask a quick question about the first appearance of Rogue Squadron in the movies because I, I didn't notice until I watched Empire the other day when they're searching for Luke and Han on on Hoth, and he's like, "This is this is Rogue whatever," and that's Rogue Two, Rogue Two, right? Was it so, Rogue two? um, so it was Hobby, right, or whatever his name is, and um, and so I, I have a question like, is it is it going to be around that time or post? post you know return the jedi uh jake go ahead all right uh i'm gonna bring up certain point of view again uh, around empire strikes back because it has been a come a pivotal book for rogue squadron um there is a whole long chapter that takes place when wedge is pretty much put in charge of rogue squadron because luke straight up disappears aka he goes to dagobah uh, I, I really kind of hope that this maybe takes place post-Empire, pre-Jedi, and follows as Wedge builds Rogue Squadron back up, because they're, he doesn't have a lot of pilots in that chapter of the book. And he has to build it with a group of real weird people that don't want to be pilots. And I think that would be a lot of fun, um, especially since Wedge has kind of become a semi-important character, um, especially in the Aftermath series. So I'd love to see that explored. Well, that's why I wanted to also ask you, um, since you are a big Aftermath fan, I mean, could it be a spin out of that with Nora um, and the bunch there? So, yeah, any it could take place anywhere. I kind of thought it was just, and maybe I'm just being too literal, like a rogue squadron. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be the one that we're familiar with, um, but it is a bunch of fire pilots having to do some sort of mission. Uh, and hopefully, I, I always get really wary of the world getting smaller in Star Wars. And when you go and put it again in between five and six, what does that really mean when you see that? You know what I mean? Like, what what are they doing? Does it have an effect on what we see in in those times? Because it's a short time period, right? Is it a year? I think between those two movies. Um, so, so, which a lot can happen in a year. Obviously, we we're living in the longest year of all of our lives combined. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I I'd rather it be outside of that. But to Colin's point. Yeah, I got super, super stoked because I think one thing that's really been lacking from Star Wars has been the wars <laughs> in space. <laughs> We've gotten like, I don't even know, five full minutes between all of the movies that have come out. Like that scene in the beginning of 
uh, Last Jedi is like absolutely brilliant, but it's not really a war necessarily. And there's a little bit here and there um, that we've seen, but for the most part, not enough in my opinion. So a whole movie of it, bring it on. The end of Rogue One is what? 25 minutes of just glorious, glorious yes. war. That's true. Sorry. That is, <laughs> that's, that okay, is so very we've gotten true. a half hour total in all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Semantic. I just, I just want to see, honestly, I want to see Top Gun meet Star Wars. I want to see, I want to hear Highway to the Danger Zone, um, you know, blaring on a stereo as an X-Wing just flies by. You know, I want to see them giving the TIE Fighter a finger, you know, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I mean, joking aside, I want to see some cocky ass rebellion pilots uh, just, just, just killing it. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. And hopefully we'll see. But I believe she said that she's aware that there are video games and comics and books and that they are going to take elements from that. But, you know, it's legends. So. Thrawn. That's all we got to say when that, <laughs> when that comes up. Yeah. And sure. we just have to quote, we have to quote Kathleen Kennedy and how she said, we have nothing to pull from. Oh God. Don't remind me. Hey, you know, if we are going to go back in time and we're going to look towards, you know, Empire and even just slightly after Return to the Jedi, I feel that we have now opened the window for the potential of our boy, Sebastian Stan, to step up and represent young Luke as we've all been wanting. Still not get it Friday. Friday. <laughs> That's right. I hope That's so. It. I don't think so, but I hope so. It'll be interesting. Um, so let's let's close this out with a little speculation on the Taika Watiti movie. Uh, we know that Taika was attached uh, to a movie. Uh, he's been doing work on The Mandalorian, of course, uh, bringing his magic to that. But I am I'm really excited. I feel because of what he's done with Ragnarok and um, that that big epic fun scale i think they're gonna maybe put him on a high republic movie and i think that's why it keeps getting pushed back a little bit but that's that's my thoughts what about you guys i think that it's going to not only be a high republic movie i think because of ragnarok and his large scale i think he's going to be our next trilogy i think they're not going to make the same mistake they did with the sequels they're going to put three movies under one person and I think that it's going to be Taika. I think it is going to be High Republic. And I think it's going to be a trilogy. It's interesting because that's, remember, that's how Star Wars was launched by uh, George Lucas. It was just one movie without any kind of numbering or anything. So, yeah, test the waters. If it's good and people love it or they're getting excited for it, then greenlight it some more. That, yeah, That might be why it keeps getting pushed back, though. That, yeah. that they're planning a trilogy and it's going to be Taika and it's going to be High Republic. That's that those are that's just my my speculation, gentlemen. Because think about what Brian Johnson was attached to. If he was telling us he had a trilogy, and it was it was something we've never seen before, right? I think that was kind of what he had said. So, imagine Ryan Johnson and Disney just kind of parting ways and saying, you know, this is better for everybody because of our poor decision making. Um, but let's give Taika a swing at what we were planning. Um. I got to take a moment to break from Star Wars for a second and say, Taika, I love you. Thank you for bringing gore 
to the Thor movies. I cannot wait for the God Butcher to make his appearance on screen. With that said, I also think it's the High Republic um, because unless it's some weird uh, one shot, it just where else will it fit in? Um, we're not. I don't think we're going to see the post episode nine movies or content yet. I don't think we're there at that point. Um, they would have to squeeze something into the existing nine movies realm, which there is time frame to squeeze a movie into that. But I think we're going to get something with the High Republic because that really seems where Disney Star Wars is going. Um, unless they want to go way out in left field and maybe give us the Mandalorian Civil War or something, which would be really cool. Oh man, to see something like that. I I don't know. I would not be at all surprised if they decide to go even further back. I mean, you we, we, we you talk about legends and they pull people from there and Thrawn is now canon in many ways. Why can't they do Revan? I would love to see a Revan story done by Taika Watiti. I feel, and it can live in the High Republic. I don't see any reason why not. You know, he gets influenced by the Nil and, you know, whatever dark entities out there. And if anyone's going to have a blast creating that kind of a story, making it entertaining for people who don't really care much for Star Wars and those who absolutely adore it, it's going to be that guy across three movies. So that would be my suspicion. Just made me think, what if he's doing a Chiss trilogy and we're going to get the Chiss on screen? I, you know, I just, not to say that people can't do things outside of their wheelhouse, but Taika Waititi is not a, he's a comedy director. It depends on what the movie is, you know what I mean? But like Thor is a comedy action movie. And even like something like Jojo Rabbit is like heartwarming, but it's still very funny. So like I just like, come on, like he plays Hitler and he's hilarious. Like it's very funny. I think like he can do some heartwarming stuff and and have things like that. But personally, I don't think that in even what he did in Mandalorian, even the character that he created, like I feel like this dude will make something that's an entertaining action movie but i can't see him taking on something like thrawn it just for me i think thrawn i I think of somebody like oh i don't even know like a christopher mcquarrie like somebody who like gets it (laughs) like a thriller you know espionage like the dude's a fucking genius and i don't think taika watiti could handle a character like that in my opinion I personally would disagree only because at least from my experience uh, with acting and whatnot, the hardest thing to pull off as a creator is comedy. You know, that that is very hard because you have to be very, very in tune with other people's emotions. And you can't be funny if you're trying to be funny. You can only be funny by being an honest, emotional person. And if you can master that, you can master pretty much any other form of storytelling in my opinion you mentioned jojo rabbit that was a very human story we laughed because it was so ridiculous but at the same time when the moments when we needed to be absolutely stabbed in the chest we were 
And even in the moments in that episode of Mandalorian that he directed, they were really on point when we're talking about, you know, uh, Din Djarin's background. You know, he we we felt those moments of his pain when his, you know, his whole village is destroyed by the separatists and then the death watch comes in and rescues him i i think that he's perfectly suited to bring those kinds of stories he's just capable of making them more accessible to a broader audience than we've seen through any other star wars director in my opinion but could he do thrawn i'm not even arguing Uh, about doing a high republic movie anything like that i'm just Thrawn. <laughs> Casey, really quick, when I say tri- uh, Chiss Trilogy, I don't you mean a Thrawn mean, I Trilogy. I mean, in Chiss space, maybe Thrawn has an appearance as a younger cadet, but it, it's not a Thrawn Trilogy, in I my thought. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what is what his progression is with the two Thor movies. I mean, I, I like the first... Th- two Thor more movies. Uh, the second one's arguably the worst in the MCU. Um, but when Ragnarok came around, people didn't like that as much because it, it was, it was different. They were like, this isn't really a Thor, but at the same time, when you break it down, I think he did an amazing job with all of it. Um, and it's such on a grand scale from, you know, the, the, the planet, not planet Hulk, the um, yeah. Planet Hulk uh, storyline, uh, going all the way back to Asgard and just having that epic battle. So I just, and then watching what he did on the end of the Mandalorian, it really delivered a solid episode that, um, that ended the season with some major, you know, some major points. Um, and his, his storytelling is, is, is there. And I am really excited to see no matter where it takes place. Yeah. His, his entry into a star Wars universe like this, it's, it's, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, and listening to him talk about Star Wars during galleries, like, that sells me. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard talked about it, which made me even more in love with her than I already am. (laughs) And, and, you know, when Taika, first of all, Taika and I have the exact same favorite quote of Star Wars. I mean, when he said his favorite quote and it was mine, I was like, obviously, we were meant to meet each other someday. Um, oh, so, go to Tashi to pick up some power conversion. Yeah, I got you. Only one. Yes, that's exactly the quote. No, but to hear him talk about Star Wars, I think that he would have the utmost respect and would really, really take care of the world building of a new trilogy. That's why I really, really see that. And if you've not watched what we do in the shadows, it's just a goddamn crime. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, this this has been a great discussion, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be you know updating everybody as news comes in uh, and back for more discussions as these shows uh, creep closer to being on Disney Plus and these movies hitting theaters. So, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be back in January with uh, the Mandalorian season two recap. Uh, So, everyone, thanks for listening, and everybody have a good one. Happy holidays, and may the Force be with you.